Welcome to the inaugural broadcast of The Pitch on Supex Radio, where startups and early stage companies pitch their new business idea. You can find Supex Radio in the iTunes Store and on SoundCloud by searching for Supex Radio. That's S-U-P-X Radio. Also, remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Supex. That's at T-H-E-S-U-P-X. I'm your host, Bob Fitz. Today, we welcome Aaron Itzkowitz and Scott Crumpler of Jingles to the Pitch. Aaron is the CEO and founder, and Scott is the head of marketing and business and their business intelligence strategist. Gentlemen, welcome to the pitch on Supex Radio. Thanks, Bob. Glad to be here. Thank you, Bob. What is Jingles? Okay, so Jingles is a mobile advertising technology company that creates new solutions for digital advertisers. Our first product is a technology that verifies when a user is actually looking at the ads they're shown on their mobile device. For advertisers, this is huge. In the current market, advertisers end up paying for ads whether anyone is actually looking at them or not. I'm sure if you've used YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, you know, as soon as you have an opportunity to skip the ad that comes up on YouTube, you skip the ad. If you're scrolling past uh, your Twitter feed or Facebook feed and an ad goes by, you scroll right past it. But advertisers are paying for that uh, regardless, just to have that ad be there. So we feel like advertisers will pay a premium for a guaranteed engagement with their audience. And the technology we've developed can actually do that. We're building a net digital ad network for mobile devices where ads will be delivered to mobile apps using this technology. And the first app to demonstrate the power of that is an app we've created called Play Jingles. It's in beta testing right now, but it's going to be in full live release in the coming weeks. It's a simple gaming app that rewards users for engaging with digital ads, and uh, the technology will actually verify that they really are watching the ads. If they try to look away from the ad, it pauses. If they try to put the phone down, the ad pauses. If they try to mute the sound or turn the volume down, the ad pauses because it's able to use the mobile device's sensors to do that. If they watch the ad in full, they're rewarded by being entered into a contest where they uh, can win points or prizes. The points can be redeemed for charity or uh, uh, you know, to purchase merchandise and things like that. It's an exciting time to be getting into this market. It's a, you know, $45 billion uh, were spent on mobile ads in the U.S. alone. And uh, uh, you know, we're excited to bring this to uh, digital advertisers at this time. But how does the app know that you're looking at it, first of all? That's that, that's that's the really special part of it. The, your mobile device already has camera sensors and accelerometers and audio sensors in it. Um, apps that use this technology can leverage those sensors to use facial detection and audio detection uh, to detect whether or not a face is actually looking at the screen. Uh, the way we've implemented it in the Play Jingles app, uh, the ad won't uh, allow you to skip past it. It'll actually pause until you're looking at the screen, and then the ad resumes. And once it's done, the user is rewarded for that engagement. But uh, that really demonstrates the uh, the value and the uh, the efficacy of that of that technology. But uh, okay, so you've got some cool proprietary technology. First of all, has that uh, technology been patented? The uh, facial detection technology is something that we're expanding further into being able to eventually do emotion detection as well, where let's say, for example, you were watching a video and a little dog ran across the screen and it made you smile, uh, you know, or it was an ad about, uh, you know, um, cancer research and you started to frown or get sad. Uh, we've uh, filed a patent uh, for expanding the technology to out to that level and the patent is currently pending. 
Okay, so Pat Pending Technology. How do you get me to want to play uh, or to interact with uh, these ads? I mean, because if my, most people, as you know, do anything possible not to have to have an ad on their phone or to see an ad. So I get that the technology is useful to the advertisers because you can tell if I'm engaged, where I'm engaged. You've got some proprietary technology that helps you do that. And I'm sure there's all kinds of uh, learning that you can make around those things that you're sensing. But how do you get me just to start interacting with it, period? Well, you know, that's interesting. And it's and it's true because I think what's happened in digital advertising is most of it is interruptive. You know, it comes up in the middle of what you really want to be doing and you just want to skip past it. Uh, it you know, what we uh, have done with the Play Jingles app particularly is come up with a rewarding engagement model. And it turns out that users will engage with advertising uh, if it's if it's fair, if it's meaningful, if it's not an interruptive process, but it's part of the app experience. Um, for Play Jingles, it's a simple uh, you know, gaming experience where they're rewarded for entry into contests, and there's actually a trivia game component as well. Um, but the next step for us is to bring this uh, technology to other app publishers, where if you can imagine uh, a gaming app where in order to get a power boost or in order to achieve the next level of the game, you uh, agree to voluntarily watch an ad, and then you earn points that you can then use in the game. The way that we know that rewarding a user makes a difference in how they uh, engage with advertising is pretty special because for the Play Jingles app, we spent a little over a year uh, doing a proof of concept phase where we developed a sort of rudimentary version of this app with a user base of about 15,000 people. And, uh, you know, we took that time to work on different rewards and engagement models to see what worked best. And we found that that users, when it's a fair process, when they're expecting to see an ad and when the ads are targeted at them, uh, you know, they're they're willing to watch the ad. Uh, we had a, a, an average of about five fully viewed digital ads per day per user. If you can imagine expanding that out to an app that has 100,000 daily active users, you're talking about a half a million ads delivered every day. It's pretty amazing. That is pretty cool. So iteration one, it sounds like, is uh, the Play Jingles app, which essentially is uh, your initial learning mechanism. Is it fair to say? And then like step two would be now that you've taken those technologies and learning, you can then white label this for people or sell the technology to those that already have their ads. I mean, how they already have their apps and they can incorporate your technology into theirs. That's that's basically that's basically it. It's not exactly selling the technology as so much as creating another a new digital ad network where this technology is the key. If an app publisher uh, you know wants to release a new app, the way that that m almost every app actually gets paid for all the time and uh, and money spent developing it is the monetization that comes from running ads on the app. And no publisher dreams of the day when they're uh, when their their hard work has to have the code that has just this interruptive ad advertising model that most digital ad networks use, uh, where the ad just pops up out of, out of nowhere and there really isn't any reward or engagement and they just click past it. The ad publisher doesn't make very much money on displaying that ad and it's not really good for their user experience. Um, when we build this ad network where app publishers can use our technology, 
we serve the ads to their apps. So then it's not just the Play Jingles app anymore. It's a network of many, many mobile apps where we can serve ads directly to those uh, users. So you're not an app. You're actually building a network. Can you just uh, paint out fuller the distinction of what you're doing there? Yeah, that's that's a good point. We you know the Play Jingles app is an app that we've created, but it's a demonstration really of the technology itself. Uh, the the core to our business model is actually creating a digital ad platform that uses this technology. So our app will be the first one out there using it, but then there'll be other mobile app publishers uh, who will be incorporating it as well. And how do you get other mobile app networks, I mean, mobile app publishers to join your ad network? Well, we've already during the, uh, you know, during our uh, proof of concept phase and during our development phase, uh, I've already seen some interest from uh, app developers who are aware of the of what we've been working on and have already shown interest, which is, you know, fantastic. Uh, but it's a matter of it's a matter of marketing directly to those app developers and, and showing them how. Number one, uh, we're going to give a, a, a fairer revenue split of the uh, the ad revenues for the ads that are shown on their apps, uh, but also that advertisers will pay a premium for a guaranteed engagement, which they can't get on any other digital ad network uh, right now, uh, and then how it can be incorporated into the user experience of their app uh, so that it's not interruptive. It makes it a better value for their uh, for their app as uh, as well as uh, for advertisers. Is the onus on you or the app publisher to get me to engage with the app? Well, on the for the app publisher, it's up to them to decide exactly how they want to use the tools uh, that work best for whatever app they might have. Whether it was a you know a business application or if it was a uh, a gaming app, I, just, I described a you know a hypothetical scenario a minute ago about. Uh, a gaming experience. They'll have all of those tools in what's called a software development kit, uh, where they can choose to either do what Play Jingles does, where it will actually pause the ad and force the user to watch it in, uh, completely, or they can, you know, they can have it run the ad and the technology is there monitoring it, but then they're only, you know, but the advertisers are only going to be paying for a complete, true, guaranteed uh, engagement. And the, the app publisher will have that uh, choice about how they want to incorporate it into their user experience. And you said the size of the market or the segment of the market that you're addressing is $49 billion. In, in 2017, uh, and the final numbers are not out yet, uh, but the estimated number in the third quarter of last year was that 2017 would reach $45 billion in mobile ad spending just in the U.S. alone. Um, and the projection for 2018 is over $57 billion. And it's a huge market. <laughs> well, I mean, even knowing I, I mean. The answer might be too big here, but I'll ask the question anyway. So who's your competition? I imagine it's an enormous supply of competitors. There are. There are a lot. And obviously the two big elephants in the room are Facebook and Google. Um, for digital advertisers, uh, it's it's interesting because they know that Facebook and Google have the, you know, the uh, some of the most challenging uh, you know, least user-friendly uh, ad platforms for creating ad campaigns. And they know what problems they have with viewer fraud and click fraud when they run those campaigns because they have no way of knowing for sure whether or not the ads they're running are actually being looked at by real people. There was actually a study that was done, uh, I think, by Adweek, and I think eMarketer reported on it uh, last year that there was an estimated it could be as much as a billion dollars in uh, click and view fraud uh, in advertising just in the U.S. last year. Um, 
right now, the way that the you're, those you know the those competing ad platforms bill is the best you can hope for is you can say, well, I only want to pay for when the video is on screen, and you can and they can tell how long it was on screen before you scrolled past it, or they might say, you know, that the video played for three seconds. Uh, that's something Twitter does, you know, where if you, it could be a 15 second or a 30 second ad, but if it played for at least three seconds, you're getting charged for that view. And obviously you didn't get your message out in three seconds if it was a 15 second or 30 second ad, but you pay anyway. Uh, so those are, you know, those are uh, some typical models for most of our competitors. And uh, that's why we think we have a competitive advantage because we'll only charge for a guaranteed engagement. So what's your go-to-market strategy in general? Okay, so in general, the first step, uh, as I talked a little bit about before, is uh, to bring the uh, ad network uh, out completely where we have uh, the technology available to additional app publishers. And, um, sorry, to interrupt, sorry to interrupt, Scott. And how, yeah. how, long, of, how long will it be before you've kind of completed that? Well, we're look, we'll we'll have advertising available for the Play Jingles app as it's uh, being released in the coming weeks. Uh, the ad management platform uh, is going to be available in roughly that same time period. We're talking about uh, beginning revenue generation probably at the end of this quarter. Mm-hmm. And sorry to interrupt. And then the next step would be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that yeah, the next step then is to introduce the, uh, the this new ad platform to digital marketing agencies, and we're especially going to be targeting high-value high retail uh, individual advertisers as well. We feel like those are probably the most promising uh, potential clients early on so that we can uh, scale up uh, adoption of, of this platform. An agency, obviously, is somebody who's going to be working with 50 or 100 clients and managing you know, uh, budgets of mul- you know, several million dollars annually versus you know, an individual uh, advertiser who we'd still be happy to, you know, to work with, uh, but that might be working on much smaller budgets. What are the risks in launching you know, a new digital ad platform? The biggest risks, uh, you know, really in terms of what could change uh, in the way that uh, mobile advertising is implemented on mobile devices. Um, you know, we have, you know, the 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 Google Play Store, the you know, the Android devices currently have about eighty percent of the market share, and um, you know, our probably our biggest risk is uh, getting to market and then some fundamental change happening to the way advertising is allowed to be incorporated in apps that are offered on those mobile device platforms. But, you know, the nice thing about, uh, you know, Jingles is that we are a mobile advertising technology company. We develop this technology as a solution to a specific problem, and we stay focused on responding to changes in the market and creating new solutions. So we feel like we'll be well-placed to respond to any kind of change like that. Can you walk me through like a use case that you guys have been kicking around so far, not with the Play Jingles app? Actually, I'd like to hear because I've looked at the website. Uh, can you, if you could tell me a little bit more in detail about the various rewards under the Play Jingles app, because that's a good barometer of how others could use it. And then after that, could you give me like a use case for a uh, an app publisher as well that's a little <clears throat> different? Okay, so the way that it yeah the way that it works now on the Play Jingles app. Uh, there are um, a couple of different uh, ways that's a simple gaming experience uh, for engaging with mobile ads. Uh, there's a trivia component where they can answer questions uh, to earn points in this uh, gaming experience. These points that we call coin 
are uh, able to be redeemed for cash, for donations to charity, which if they choose to do that, we actually double the value. Uh, we'll be launching an online store where they can redeem those coins, uh, the coin for merchandise as well. Um, the trivia component uh, is one aspect of the game, and then there's the just the uh, sweepstakes entry, uh, which is where they view targeted ads just in order to get an entry into that contest system. Um, once they've watched the ad and it's in, in full, as I described earlier, every, they get entered into a contest along with everyone else who watched an ad during that period. And then there's a contest drawing and uh, prizes are awarded in, in, in uh, terms of points. Um, with the co trivia component, it's interesting because we can also incorporate uh, uh, the collection of other consumer data. You know, we can have questions like, you know, Pepsi or Coke, where there is no wrong answer, but when they answer it, they earn some points, but they also give us some, you know, some helpful information about, uh, you know, that particular consumer profile. Um, so that's kind of the way it works with Play Jingles. And believe it or not, with our proof of concept phase, we tested this. And, and, and uh, after the test phase was over, we, uh, you know, ended the program. And we've actually since then was we've been rebuilding the platform to scale it so that it can handle millions of users. That original test base has been uh, contacting us on a practically daily basis, just wanting to know when the app comes back. They just really enjoyed it. It was amazing. So uh, now, before you talk about, sorry to interrupt, Scott. Uh, sure. But before you talk about, say, the use case, uh, let's let's talk about the app a little bit more. So, are you, are you going to now that there appears to be demand for the app, which it sounds to me like was created kind of as a an, a test of a lot of things for the organization? Uh, are you going to try to commercialize the app itself uh, just because you can? And, and uh, or was it totally just uh, a test mechanism to learn more before you go to market to your app oh, no. publishers? Oh, oh no, absolutely. The, the, the Play Jingles app will be the first app to have our technology available. Um, what we did is it started out as a fairly uh, rudimentary system that was just the contest model. And we played around during that test period with figuring out what is a model that will truly reward and engage users, something that they'll, you know, that will get them addicted, that will want them to keep playing. And we basically figured that out. But bringing the app to market as an actual as a commercial product uh, is when we started saying, okay, what else can we do to gamify the experience? And that's where we uh, put in some simple time burner games like coin flipping and then the trivia component as well. Uh, so we've made it a much more full-fledged uh, uh, gaming experience, albeit still a simple time-burning uh, type game that you'd play when you're on a smoke break or at the bus stop or you know just on, uh, taking a, a mental break from work or something. Uh, but that you know, but that app will be the first place that advertisers will be able to use our technology to run their uh, ad campaigns. And uh, I don't know a lot about uh, gaming apps, so this might be an ignorant question, but hopefully there's others in, the, in the audience that are like me. So how do you find me in order to get me to want to play the Jingles app? Well, the, the Google Play Store is the number one, uh, is the number one way to uh, get exposure for a mobile app right now. As I said, uh, Android devices make up over 80% of the, of the uh, mobile device uh, marketplace. And, uh, of course, we're going to be available in the um, uh, iOS uh, app store as well for iPhone devices. Um, but you uh, have the ability to market directly and promote your app within the Google Play Store. When people are searching for other time burner games, you can actually uh, promote your app as a game like the ones that you uh, uh, that users are already playing and things like that. 
Uh, we have a uh, chief product officer who was in charge during the proof of concept phase of doing user acquisition and really got it down to a science in terms of uh, being able to build up a good user base. It's actually important for advertisers, too, because in the early stages, we've got the ability to acquire users specifically in the target regions that an advertiser wants to run a campaign. And as we're growing our user base, that's going to be especially important. So... And thanks for explaining the Jingles app and uh, what its future is. Can you tell us a little bit about a, a use case that you guys have been uh, thinking through and, and what will be typical, you know, kind of in the second phase? Okay, so that, yeah, the, the, the gaming experience I touched on uh, a few minutes ago is a good example, actually. Let's say it's a, a you know, a role-playing game or, a, you know, some kind of strategy game. Uh, there's a lot of those out there. Uh, for uh, for mobile devices, and uh, you know, there's a battle component to the game. Uh, if you want to monetize that kind of gaming app right now, it generally means that an ad is just going to pop up out of the blue. It's going to have nothing to do with the game. It's going to cover the screen. You're going to look at it. You're going to exit out or skip it as quickly as you can just to go back to your game. But with our technology you can actually use the points and reward system and the verified views technology to incorporate the, 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 the advertising into the experience so that if you want to level up, instead of having to go through 16 more levels to level up, let's say you, you, know, you watch a 30-second ad and you respond uh, you know, about, about your level of interest in, in future messaging and you earn points to get to the next level or to get through a battle or to skip a stage uh, of a game. That's a perfect example of how you could incorporate the ad into the process where the ad's still going to be targeted. We're going to be capturing the user information or we're going to be, you know, we're going to try to uh, show users ads that it will be of interest to them, uh, but they're engaging with the advertising voluntarily as a part of the experience of using whatever app it is. What kind of statistics have you seen so far with the Jingles app that uh, about engagement relative to what's typically found in the industry? Well, the the statistics are the statistics are a little bit uh, different for us because we actually guarantee the engagement. But um, as a you know as a uh, you know as an interesting statistic for us that kind of uh, validated uh, the concept during that proof of concept phase um, was the you know was the average number of videos viewed uh, when we first developed it. It was a sort of proof of concept. Uh, 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 platform that uh, was not meant to scale because we just wanted to handle a, a closed uh, user base, and we saw that they were, you know, were watching, you know, an, on average, as I said, up to five uh, uh, video ads per day. And the way that the app is set up, you can only wa uh, enter a contest once each hour. So, if you think about that, they're actually coming back to it, uh, you know, five different times throughout the day to enter a new contest to watch the ad. Some people were watching as many as ten ads a day, which means that we're practically checking that thing every hour during their waking period of the day, um, which was an important metric for us to realize when we'd hit upon the right engagement model and, uh, and, and, and knowing for sure that, you know, that, that asking them to watch the ad in its entirety didn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Um, we actually, just to really quickly say, uh, we actually hit the technological limit of that first proof of concept platform where users would have watched more ads, except the, the platform just wouldn't scale enough to handle uh, any more users or ads uh, viewed during that same time period. That's why we shut the closed the the, uh, the test program down. We knew it worked, and we spent uh, the last several months rebuilding it so that it can scale up to handling millions of users. 
what does the growth look like for uh, jingles over the next, say, three to five years? Aaron, I think that'd probably be a good one for you to uh, to handle as far as uh, our outlook. Yes. So the growth over the next three to five years really correlates with a combination of the user growth and uh, engagement as well as publishers. And the model, as we uh, we can see a visual on our campaign page, which I'm sure, uh, Bob, you'll talk about in a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it scales with the amount of users, whether it's 100,000 daily active users, a million daily active users. But our projections uh, we have for the first 12, operating 12 months after launch is $20 million going all the way up to potentially $300 million in, in the near term. So uh, it's very exciting. It's a very scalable model. And uh, as, as Scott indicated, it's a rewards-based platform for both us and for our publishers. So the margins are there. Um, it's a premium product where we deliver 100% delivery on the, on the views or the advertiser doesn't pay. So uh, the margins are there and um, the operating expenses are low. It's a really good model. Uh, two questions. One, would you ever change the model with the advertisers uh, where you don't, or the publishers where you don't necessarily guarantee engagement, but you price based on uh, relative engagement? I, we, we've been speaking to some organizations that are focused on lead generation. Mm-hmm. And in in those cases, we might we might change the model to more like a Google, you know, pay-per-click where we deliver deliver a lead and they, they won't pay up front necessarily, but they'll pay for a delivered lead. And that will actually be at a higher price. So yes, there's always those possibilities to change our uh, our models as we see as we go into the marketplace and see how things evolve. Right, so, and, even, and even sorry, just if I could add to that real quick, right? Uh, even looking further out, uh, uh, what you mentioned there, Bob. Uh, you know, we we're you know looking at the possibility of being able to track a user's engagement with an ad uh, throughout the length of the ad and saying, okay, at what point did they uh, look away from the ad or at what point did they try to turn down the volume or at what point did they put the phone down and being able to give that data back to the advertiser so that they can, uh, you know, make better ads. And, uh, we feel like that, you know, that data would be useful and valuable, uh, for advertisers as well. So that's something that we'll be uh, working on in the future as a data product. So you're going, so you had 15,000 people play with the initial iteration of the Jingles app. And in five years, Aaron, you're projecting $300 million worth of revenue. That's a pretty aggressive hockey stick. Can you back us through a little bit about, you said there's really two pieces, the amount of publishers that you add to the platform and the amount of users that you add to the platform. So at the end of year one, how many users do you expect to have on the platform and how many publishers do you have? expect to have on the platform scott do you want to you want to take that yeah i mean the the uh you know the the total number of users when we're talking about that when he talked about the 350 million that we could it is very achievable within a five-year period yeah i'm just uh, sorry you have to remember that, oh I'll, yeah. give, I'll give you the short answer a hundred thousand it's going to be a hundred thousand daily active users is in that year one right. at, the so end, that, at the end of year one your project so you'll you'll grow from fifteen thousand. let's just call it 15 because that's kind of a good number that you use for the jingles app engagement so you'll go from fifteen thousand to a hundred thousand in the first 12 months is it's more or less correct right Yes. Okay. That, and, uh, that those are again daily active users. So sure. We're going to be acquiring more installs to get those hundred thousand users. Right. 
Right. And it, it, and it, and it, the thing that I was going to point out is just that it, you know, that the, those users don't all have to be on the play jingles app as we add, uh, those third-party app publishers apps to the network, all of those users, you know, that they have, right. uh, that they'll be marketing for their own purposes are, uh, you know, are a, a part of that number. Right. So they bring their numbers over to add to yours. Exactly. And so, and so just to keep it simple, Aaron, since we're, uh, not a, it's not visual here. So it's a hundred thousand at the end of year one, where are you at say year two, year three? Uh, year two, we could scale as quickly to uh, a million users. And year three, we can go to five to 10 million users. Okay. So rapid, rapid growth on the user side. So uh, it, it, that tells me that uh, a huge amount of the emphasis is actually on adding the publishers and, and not individually trying to engage, obviously. A combination, but it'll be heavily on, on the, the mobile ad tech network side. Right. They add those publishers. Yep. Because they so already have, they have their, they, they bring their numbers base. with them. So let's, That's correct. Let, so let's talk about that number. So, what is that number today at, at day zero? I'm assuming it's zero or a very small number. And then what is it 12 months from now? The number of the number of publishers uh, of, of publishers. I mean, yeah, I'd like I'd like to see us at you know I'd like to see us at 15 or 20 12 months from now at, the, at a minimum. And then, would you say? Yeah, I, I mean, quite what's frankly, in your projections? What's in your projections? We, we actually have not modeled out the amount of publishers. We've really done it based on active users. So if we go out, if a publisher, we've already had, had publishers go to our website at playjingles.com and, mm -hmm. and sign up for further notices. You know, if they, if they have, you know, 10,000 people on their, on their, on their, you know, daily active user list, or if they have a million daily active users, you know, it's, re it's relevant and correlates to, to the number of, you know, players or users that they have. So it's not about, about the quantity of publishers. It's again about the quantity of the of the uh, universe that they have so, of users. So it's interesting. You have some neat technology. You've done a pretty good sort of beta on the Jingles app, and you're getting ready to roll it out and start the commercialization of the rest of the business outside of that app. Uh, but who who are the people that are going to do this, and do they have any experience doing this? Like for instance, how many people are on your team already? We're at eleven people currently. Uh, you just met Scott Crumpler, our senior marketing and business intelligence director, and uh, he's been in the digital uh, media and digital advertising space for the last I don't know, 20 years or so, maybe more. That's about and, right. And then we have a whole host of team uh, with different talents. Uh, our, our chief product officer is also involved with user acquisition. He, he came from a he came from a company where they were buying they were buying 1.2 million dollars worth of pay per click a month. With, from Google, so that that's just a little bit of a, of, a, of a window to the staff. Plus, our chief technology officer, who, who did work for the NSA, because because also Jingles, it's a it's a bank. We're paying out rewards, so there has to be you know tremendous security concerns in place too, to make sure that there's no you know fraud and everything else. Uh, one of our directors was the former owner of Egghead Software. Uh, he lives out on the West Coast. Uh, he's he was involved with a company called Double Down back in 2012. That's also a, a gaming app in the casino space. Um, he was a single angel investor. And two years after coming in as the investor, they sold the company for half a billion dollars. So we have a lot of talent and a lot of smart people in all areas, engineering, marketing, business development, strategy, financing, and uh, we've got the we've got the right team. We'll continue to grow the team to Aaron, make sure that we can scale this. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah. I, might, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But what's your background? 
Uh, my background is I've been an entrepreneur starting businesses and, and, and uh, all different types of industries, operations, manufacturing, technology. Uh, I was the, uh, the, found, not the founder, I was the, the chief, uh, the president of a company called Successories.com most recently. It was a motivational direct marketing firm for motivational artwork. And uh, I did a stint at Hewlett Packard back right after the dot-com days. I helped them commercialize a proof of concept for their large format printers. Uh, when they started coming out with those large bubble jet printers that you see at Staples and, and Office Depot print centers, they couldn't sell them back then. And I, I was part of the team to help proof the concept. Um, I also grew up in a family business, contract picture framing business. Uh, and I came in at, right, out of, right out of college, New York, Brooklyn College. Uh, my dad and my grandfather, they were doing about $700,000 a year, every year, year in and year out uh, for like 10 years straight. And I came out of college and I grew the, the business to $10 million dollars fairly quickly and, and a staff of 175 people from eight. Wow. So, so you're the favorite, growing, so you're the favorite son. <laughs> you know what? I don't know if I was the favorite son. I actually have, I have six brothers. So well, I can but, tell uh, you, you are. <laughs> yeah. But my, the, truth, the truth is my, my, my dad's biggest complaint once we started growing was he had to pay uncle Sam $1.4 million a year in taxes every year. Cause it was a <laughs> sub chapter. And he, yeah. he was a hundred percent owner in the company. And he says, I have no cash. How am I going to pay the bill? And I, I had to call our account to explain to him that you have a million dollars in receivables, you have a million dollars in inventory, and you have a million dollars in backlog of orders. Go to the bank and borrow the money to pay the tax bill. <laughs> so where is the company based? The company is based in Central Florida. Uh, we have an we have an operational office in uh, a, a little town called Eustis, Florida. It's about an hour northwest of Orlando, mm -hmm. uh, not far from UCF. Uh, we're grabbing a talent pool from from some of the universities up there in Central Florida, mm -hmm. and we're going to be moving the offices because we're currently in a nice little tight startup space, and we're moving to historic Mount Dora, which is another town over, uh, again not far from Orlando. And is that where you're uh, located, Aaron? I commute Monday mornings, three-hour drive from South Florida in Boynton Beach, Florida, and I go up there and I come back Thursday nights. And so, it, is all the workforce there, or is it any of it distributed? Aside from Scott being in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, the rest of the workforce is out of that office. And I understand that you guys are doing a Title III crowdfunding raise right now, and there's a limitations for SEC reasons to the things that we can say about it, but... Uh, where can people go to learn more about that? Because it's my understanding that the raise is active and ending soon. Absolutely. First of all, the Title III offering is, is a fairly new uh, opportunity for both accredited and non-accredited investors. And the platforms that are hosting these camp these these you know fundraising campaigns, uh, much different than Kickstarter and Indiegogo, where actually they're actually selling equity and they're regulated by the SEC. We're on a platform called StartEngine.com. StartEngine.com. And if you just type in startengine.com forward slash jingles, that's J-I-N-G-L-Z, uh, you'll be able to read our campaign. Our campaign has our entire overview. It has our team. It has our projections. It has comments and updates by, by people who are investing in the campaign. It has the prospectus. So we can't really talk about the terms and the offering, but we are raising capital there. And you anybody can go there and take a look. We have videos. We show the products. It's really, really in-depth of what we have on our campaign page, and we invite everybody to visit it. Great. And what's that URL again? It's startengine.com forward slash jingles, J-I-N-G-L-Z, as in zebra. 
Scott, Aaron, thank you so much for being our inaugural guest on the pitch. We wish you well with uh, your Title Three raise and with your business. Thank Thanks you very, very much. much it's a pleasure being here. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks again.